All right, guys, this is Nomad the Mad on Fat Chat Radio. We got a special surprise for y'all coming in live. Uh, we got Gilded Czar here. He is the lead dev on Frosting Social. If you don't know what Frosting Social is, please make sure you do some research because it is going to be the next social media platform that is taking the world by storm. We have a special guest here as well. We have Danny Price with us right now. And Danny, for those who don't know who you are, would you please let everybody know uh, who you are and what it is that you do? Um, yeah, sure, sure. Nice, nice to be here, guys. Um, it's a bit of a tough question. So, like, I am at the at the roots of it. I'm a venue owner and operator, um, but I own events companies, and I'm also a political speaker on social media. Well, awesome, brother. Thanks so much for the the quick run up and letting our guests know who they're who they're going to be hearing about. So one of the biggest questions, especially with the development of frosting social going on is we're attempting to recreate social media as people know it. And so one of the biggest questions I have for you is what is your biggest pet peeve of social media marketing, whether it's your political, um, when you're doing political conversations or just as a small business owner or a large business owner, what are your biggest pet peeves in regards to that, to social media? Right, yeah, I can come at it from both angles completely. Um, as a business owner, because I was a business owner before I was an online personality, as a business owner, it is just a case of there is no real exposure for businesses on social media. Like, you basically have to piggyback on projects and other personalities and other accounts which is okay for some people, for some businesses, like mainly big businesses that can do, that can afford um, sponsors or paid ads, so to speak. But for, for us, when we was Blacks UK as an independent business, we were still working with some of the biggest brands and names in the world, but not having any kind of, you know, um, no sharing or publicity from from social media at all. There was, there's sort of, there's, it's very simple the way social media is now. It's very sort of like if you have business partners that will promote you, then you will get promoted through them and through social media. But if not, then, you know, good luck to you. And and from the side of an in Internet personality um, or an influencer, quotation marks, um, it's just a case of if you speak too much or like, it's really hard to put my finger on it. It, it, it is, if I, I do stuff that's very politically focused and politically driven about the current climate now. And there, it's basically the algorithms for social media that are just blanket algorithms. You know, if you mention one thing that's, you know, in the forefront of news now, but it's something to do with racism, they will, for example, Instagram will block all topics on racism. Um, because their blanket algorithm will say it's it's a racist content instead of an infographic about the ups and downs and the truth and facts of racism. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's one of the that's actually one of the worst things for for social media right now um, is that that it's just so robotic, you know, and it's just the algorithm that uh, rules rules everything. No, and I, I've definitely seen that firsthand with, you know, other, as you said, quote unquote, influencers. And, and so I'm not here to say we have to solve the world's problems or anything, but w do you have any idea of what we could do to kind of 
break that cycle of al algorithmic news, if you would. Yeah, I mean, well, it's something that I actually spoke about a lot on um, earlier this year. And, you know, algorithms are very much programmed. But for companies like Instagram, they are making so much money that they don't need to have an algorithm. They could easily just have a group of people monitoring certain things. You know how Facebook used to have, but it doesn't have anymore because it's, it's never been replaced by an algorithm. But Facebook, they used to literally have groups of people sitting at desks monitoring the content and finding out if it is offensive or sexist or racist or whatever. They don't do that anymore. But, you know, they have the money to be, to, to be able to, but they just choose not to. It's, a, it's very much a choice how, how um, social media is, is sort of policed these days. And, yeah, so the solution would be just go back to, to like, you know, getting people to, to monitor the content itself because it's not that hard. No, definitely. And, and then moving over, I, I kind of want to switch views back and forth really quick. So Gilded, uh, this is actually a question for you. With the development of crossing social, you know, that's coming out, um, are, are we taking any steps to make sure that, because we want to make sure we, we protect the people who are using the social media platform, but we also don't want to, you know, stifle freedom of speech. So, uh, so what is your take and are there any measures or kind of give us a sneak peek of what Frosting Social is going to offer in that regard? Right. Um, well, I mean, we've been talking about uh, a lot of different me mechanisms to kind of combat that. Um, and the primary one that I think is going to make the most difference is what, what we call approval ratings. Um, and, you know, we can point to the, the, the Facebook like button or the Twitter follow button or Instagram follows. I mean, these numbers are heavily inflated and they're botted and they're used to manipulate the, the algorithm that, that you're speaking about. Um, so really, fundamentally, when you're talking about how do we how do we make content equally discoverable and create a level playing field? We have to look at that number one factor, which is the inflated likes and follows that these that these pages or these 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 influencers get um, a lot of the times when they do get these these, these botted views or these botted likes they're not even producing quality content that people engage with so the engagement is usually really really low on a lot of these profiles um, so the way we would really start to combat that is by taking apart the you know the just the, the mechanics of that and looking at it from an approval rating standpoint so now everything that you engage with as, as far as a subject is, is concerned. And we'll define subject as a person, a business, a product or a service. Whenever you engage with that product or service or that subject, every engagement is gonna have an effect on what we call a personal approval rating, okay? So each user will have its own personal approval rating that's gonna fluctuate you know, anywhere between zero and 100%, um, depending on what, the, what, their, what, what their view is of that subject. And then as an aggregate, the system as a whole will take those approval ratings and apply a quality score to the content by those by those people. So now it's not looking at just it's not looking at the number of followers and likes that that subject has. It's actually looking at the quality of content that's being produced by that subject and the approval rating of the people that follow and engage with. Them. So I think by default, that's going to level the playing field quite a bit and do a lot of the heavy lifting as far as, uh, you know, mitigating what's what's quality content and what's not, because you can have somebody that has a million followers or a million likes, 
but they're not ranked as high as somebody that has a thousand likes because the person with a thousand likes is able to engage and produce better content and get the community active or get his following active, his or hers. Um, Heck yeah. So that's the first that's the first major step is is basically attacking the point of entry, right? Which is that like button or that follow button. No, I love it. That's and because we, we, we were discussing this a little bit earlier, and Danny, I'm gonna jump back to you. Because we see a lot of people out there who, you know, are inspiring artists or, or, or they're amazing at the craft or, or their talent, whatever they do, but you know, they can't seem to break the algorithm, so to speak. In, in order to get exposure and you as a venue owner and you might have asked like what are the types of people who utilize the, your venue I, I assume musicians and things like that yeah like um so we do multi-faceted venues um but yeah mainly musicians djs but a lot of brands as well like we, we've done events for like adidas and red bull nike and whatever but for, first and foremost i run um an events company focused on music events like you know band album launches and you know um secret gigs acoustic sets exhibitions stuff like that so yeah it's um yeah well, i'd say that we we're mainly catering for we're catering for sort of our scene of of bands so when i say our scene i mean like in music here in the uk there are very much two categories of 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 music pretty much like um and i'm not talking about genre i mean like for example we have people like um you know people that you know like dua lipa or um you know um rita aura and like these are big artists and they're big artists around the world um but we also our scene is it's mainly rock bands but these are rock bands that aren't signed to the main major labels they're signed to the smaller sister labels of these major labels like you know small rca label labels or dirty hit from universal or whatever and these are artists that are huge they are huge they are equally as big as these big pop stars for example i work with a band called don brocco and they sold out wembley um but you'll never you've not heard of them you've never seen them on the front page of a music magazine or anything like that and those are the bands that we work with. Yeah, it's mad. So, like, we've got these bands that are playing the same gigs as these worldwide acts, but, of course, they don't get... It's like these world, these, these other pop stars have better PRs, basically. And that, in turn, is better social media, you know? Um, and it's really strange. Like, that's, that's what we have over here. So that's where our focus is on, on the big... We call them big little bands, because they're not little bands, but they are huge, and they are little as in independent bands. No, and that's that's crazy that you've witnessed that firsthand where, you know, big little bands are selling out stadiums in the same yeah. amount of numbers that, you know, worldwide bands are, are selling out. But yet when it comes to the social media aspect side of it, it seems to be falling on deaf ears is kind of what I'm getting. Yes, absolutely. One of the bands that is a, su a successful big little band, which you may have heard of, are called the 1975 they are they've had five number one albums now um but they again they're a big little band they're they own their independent label but they've sold out the o2 a bunch of times and you know they're i think they're two of their albums even made it on billboard 100 you know and they're just 
they're just a huge band. But of course, compare them to somebody like Rita Ora, who's never had a number one single. They have, they've got a bigger chart success than she has, but she's all over the place in terms of her marketing and her PR, you know? Yeah. And it just seems that, you know, going back to the PR campaign, they just are part of these giant record labels who have ends with, you know, uh, people who are in with Facebook, Instagram, and all these other social media platforms. So they're able to easily get those exposures that are kind of necessary to take off. Yeah, that's correct. Absolutely correct. It's um, it's like, I think the, um, the labels are, they are just, just throwing money at these, these artists um, just to, it's like, it's like, yeah, just, just get them as much exposure as possible. I don't know what the reasoning is because as I said, like these, some of these smaller bands have a bigger chart success than these bigger artists. So I don't really know the reasoning behind it. Maybe it's something to do with the image. Maybe it's a, a sex sells kind of thing, but that's, that's how it is. Yeah. Uh, does anyone have anything to add to that or concerns over, you know, I guess well, again, Albert. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the music industry as a whole has been, uh, you know, there's been a lot of problems with the music industry as far as artists are concerned. Like there's always been a lot of conflict between the, the, the major labels and artists and how they promote, um, they'll literally sign artists and withhold promotions and withhold marketing from artists, but they have them signed just so they can lock up their, their, their intellectual property. Um, while they while they promote you know whatever for whatever reason they, they promote some other artists um, so these types of things have already been happening for a long time and then when you start to introduce the digital music side of things Spotify and the Apple Musics you know these companies I mean they're not popular services with artists they're popular with the labels because the labels get to uh, you know many in many ways make a predictable income for themselves but the artists themselves when it, by the time it comes down to the artists even the even the bigger ones you know they're not getting paid fair value for their work and uh i think it, it gets kind of all the same kind of contributing factors right you have these big players which kind of manipulate the system and dictate the prices of everything and kind of dictate the market um meanwhile you know there's there's lots of avenues for artists to totally release their their music independently and make more money doing so um you know, and, and get, getting full value for their work. And, and, and at the same time, having, having a much closer connection with their, with their fan base and, and their, their audience, because it is kind of a groundswell audience versus just the, the marketing getting on the radio. Um, and there's, there's, a, there's quite a few independent artists that have been successful. Like Tech Nine is one of the most successful independent artists ever. Um, you know, so it, it I think that with, with frosting, we have an opportunity to look at social media as a whole. And I, I definitely encompass, you know, what Apple does and what Spotify does as social media. I mean, they they rank things. They they use user generated data to do the same types of things that Facebook does with content. Right. They get to curate the, 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 the list on the app stores and the music stores and the movie stores. I mean, they're the ones that get to drive the agenda and drive the narrative. Right. And that 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 machine works this the same way as Facebook, right? It's only focused on the select few at the top, right? Meanwhile, you have far more people at the bottom that are just as talented as, if not more, in many cases, um, and they're struggling to get the play. Yeah, which brings me to a solid question for Danny. Danny, what would you like to see from Frosting Social? 
how can we not only help you know with your artists who are coming to you to help getting exposure or with your events or everything like that but not only can we help with that but how can we help you know build this new social media platform to create it to be the thing that people need maybe they didn't even know that they needed it because there wasn't a better product out there yet what can we do i'd say oh well off the top of my head um as as i can I can just reiterate these um streaming platforms like you know spotify and apple music yes the artists do not like them like like they are hated and on top of that labels the uh, big labels have created a thing called the 360 deal if you don't know what the 360 deal is it is in a nutshell independent artists or or like you know, just artists in general all artists um when um music became more pirated um and music sales went down um the bands would always keep a hundred percent of their merch profit because technically it has nothing to do with the music like the band creates a t-shirt or some, some, something branded and they sell it at their gigs or they sell it on their website. It's, you know, you, you can't listen to a, a mug or a t-shirt, you know what I mean? It's got nothing to do with the music. So whatever, uh, over the last like five or so years, labels have came up with this 360 deal. So now it means that bands and artists uh, are, te- like, are getting some of their profits eaten into by the labels. They're taking money where they shouldn't be taking money basically they're taking percentages of clothes or you know sales of just merchandise you know and that's it's awful it's like i've disagreed with it since its inception since they was talking about doing it i always protested how wrong it was um so in terms of um frosting social and what 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 you could do is you could create another space for for bands to to sell things or like it doesn't even have to be much it can be anything anything that the band as long as they can keep 100 percent of it like it could be it could could be like it doesn't even have to be like um material things it could be nfts it could be art it like it could be like audio clips that are nothing to do with their released music through their label you know um that i know a lot of artists that literally like when a band makes an album they make like most more often than not they make like loads of really short demo ideas and they never put them out i know bands that have got like hundreds of them sitting on hard drives you know but fans love to be as we all know with social media fans love to be closer to artists you know so we could give fans access to that we could create nfts out of out of audio clips you know we could build whole brand new pieces of art that that could you know the bands could make more money from and they could you know make more of a fan base from and i think that would be a really cool thing for you guys to do yeah i mean we've actually got some things in place that kind of address that a little bit the only problem is is the um the record labels and the deals that they have with those artists um they that might extend to any new revenue streams or any new opportunities that those artists come up with to to, to kind of sell merchandise or, or sell anything right Anything that's associated with that band might be tied in that deal. So what we're talking about kind of only benefits independent artists and people that kind of control their own destiny. Um, but for people that are under contracts and stuff like that, yeah, they still might have limitations from the from those contracts as far as what they can sell or what they can't sell on frosting. Um, <clears throat> that being said, on every single page that you're on, no matter whether you're a mu- musician or an artist or a cook, um, you'll be able to spend buy purchase subscribe tip 
donate. Um, it's all going to be fully integrated into every aspect of the site. So any subject or any person or business will be able to easily sell anything um, as long as they've got the legal right to do so. No, I feel like already, you know, we're we're coming to some amazing conversations of how we can better it already soon to be amazing product, which is frosting social, because already our main point is that content creators keep a hundred percent of their subs, their donations. Frosting social is not going to touch any of it. So you're right. Although there's nothing we can do about a band or, or someone who's already under contract with a record label moving forward, though, we could set the new standards and make it a lot yeah. easier for it let's say there's a band that was discovered and they are on frosting and they keep 100 percent of the revenue when it does come time to speak with a record label about contracts they can say well why would i sign with you why would i sign with well, you if i already yeah. yeah why would i sign no, with I you if i can keep 100 percent of my profits already through here with the merch and everything like that so you're going to have to come up with a better deal so essentially frosting social is going to be a leveraging pad for these content creators and musicians Correct. And eventually that leverage will actually shift to balance of power to the point where the pressure will now be on the record label to, you know, relieve the artists and let them make more revenue themselves. Right. Because the system I completely kind agree of with that. Redesigned that way. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that's amazing. And, and as well, like going back to bands having like existing contracts, like it's also it's good for the individuals like when band if a band has a contract individuals are still welcome to do their other projects as well um but of course like and as, as something that i've seen with with bands when a member of a band goes and does a little side project you know they get no promotion from the label or from the band so maybe this is something that frosting can can help those individuals with like i know members of bands that like produce music for other artists for actual independent artists they don't get any exposure even though when they're like it when they're attached to their band they've like gone gold or gone platinum or whatever but when they do their little when they do production or side projects with other independent artists, they get no publicity for that whatsoever. So now, yeah, we can shift the balance towards that as well and give them more of a platform and let people know because, like, you know, this 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 is stuff that like doesn't get written up about in music magazines at all. When another member of a band goes and does another project, we hardly ever hear anything about it. Which is another reason why Frosting Social is kind of going to be this new category of its own because. Most of these other social media platforms are, are really making all of their profits from, you know, off the backs of content creators and, and musicians and artists. Whereas, you know, the fuel behind Frosting Social is Fat Cake Token, which is creating this new ecosystem where we're not relying to make revenue and money off of the people who are utilizing the platform like all these other ones are. You know, and that's what makes this so special, which is why we're extremely happy to get these feedbacks of how we can really change the game and, and do what we can to help these new bands coming up, new musicians and content creators, because that's what we want to be known for. Um, speaking of Fat Cake Token, I just see here that we have Jay, who is the creator of Fat Cake Token and the brainchild of Frosting Social, or Frosting Social is his brainchild. Jay, I don't know if you wanted to hop on here and say anything at all whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say a few words. So the, the entire goal is to help as many people as possible. Um, the, 
the shift in a need for social media to tailor to the users and the people actually um, using this platform to try to better expose themselves to um, to the world or uh, just make connections and and grow their influence. It's it's meant to be a social media. If you look at any of the social medias now, you don't really see your connections. You don't see the things that actually mean anything to you. It's just driving driving the traffic to the people that they want to see because they think it's going to make them money. And the entire goal of this ecosystem is to help as many people as possible. The way that we do that is we help the person, the, the little guys. We, we direct more traffic to the little guys. It's the, it's the ones necessary. Most of the time creating better content anyway. Yeah. So, so if we can help more of the people at the bottom, more of the people in the middle, not necessarily saying that we're disregarding the people at the top, but they don't need as much help as the people at the bottom. And then it comes into the actual financial side of it. You have to pay incredible amounts like Danny was saying you have to know people you have to have connections you have to have money it's just the name of the game right now and our goal to make it easier for the, the people coming in with the 100 the 200 the 300 people that they know personally and they're actually going to get those interactions and that support from those people they should see that support directly and immediately. and immediately, absolutely. And the way that we do that without running money through any third party or broker is through cryptocurrency. The bridge between your personal finances and having control over your wallet and your money and your earnings is through cryptocurrency. And it's the people's wealth. It's not controlled by that that centralized institution and the way that we win is to give everything back to the people so the way that our ecosystem is set up isn't just a revenue stream it's passive income it's revenue opportunities it's control over your finances it's control over your content control over your data we're able to redirect our own profits as a as a corporation to our shareholders and our users. Our company, Frosting Social itself, is registered in the United States as a nonprofit. The people that are working for the betterment of the community and of the world are doing it specifically to help. And cryptocurrency allowed us to do things that no other business has done before. Yeah, and I think at the same time, the the you know the fact that we don't have thresholds like YouTube does, like you don't need sixty thousand subs to start making money. Um, that's a huge barrier to entry for a lot of content creators, right? I mean, and the, the problem is that is YouTube and and Facebook does it too. Like you you have to be, become eligible before you start being able to be monetized. Um, but the whole time that you're becoming eligible there or that you're working toward that eligibility, they're still making money from you. They're still generating from profit one. from you from, from, from day one on ads and, and, and just pushing the traffic the way that they do. So that low barrier to entry, or I should say no barrier to entry, 
because it's not even low. It's 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 no barrier to entry. I mean, you you set up your own prices, you set up your own fees, you set up your own structure, you charge whatever you want, you keep it all. You know, and the only fees that come out of it are just general network transaction fees that, you know, that everybody pays, um, and they're nominally low. So, it, it's it's a win-win for for the small content creators. And like you said, as far as lifting up the the smaller creators and the middle the middle creators, I mean, if you think of what the uh, the industrial revolution did and how they lifted the middle class, I mean, you could almost compare, contextually speaking, this to that, right? We're giving more power and and, and more financial security. To a significant portion of people potentially Absolutely. and that has life-changing implications i mean we're, we're talking about building livelihoods here right absolutely it's it's so, leveling the playing field across across the world um yeah if somebody if somebody wants to vacate or go move to another country they can still earn the same the same baseline income as they would in any place in the world right cryptocurrency is the only place you can leave your country with 10 million dollars in your pocket and it'd be worth that wherever you go and if That's we right. can advocate that shift to a social currency that we control that the the masses control the value of currency is just a value placed on an object they used to trade sticks as currency back in the day so yeah. <laughs> we we control the value of what we of what we want of what we place the value on so who's to say that it isn't a digital form banks are already working on their digital form of currency 400 us banks are building their currency their digital dollar on the xrp network which also brings up another question for danny so i don't know if you know this exact number but if you were to look at your artists or, or people you've dealt with, artists, creators, things like that, how many of them are, are financially literate? How, how many of those people, you know, have access to their own funds? Is it, do they have a manager who manages all that stuff? Do they have a financial advisor? How, how many of them are financially literate? I guess I, I could ask. Um, yeah, I mean, in uh, the, the, the short answer to the question would be not many um but like for there's one band in particular like my best friend's band um they're a band called an ishikari and i think they have they have had to they've been a band since they were 15 years old and they've had to learn how to be with money i mean they don't know that's i mean they started when they was 15 they don't know anything else but to be in the band and you know like they they spend a lot of money on their production like there's this saying that if you don't like any shikari as a band you'll still love their shows because they are incredible and of course that costs a lot of money and for a band that is like a, a little big band or an independent band like that's a really hard thing for them to have had to deal with um and i think out of all of the bands i know they are the most financially financially literate however they are not financially well off because because of, of of what they what they spend and you know and what what they they go through with um with their prs and their marketing and their management and and their production and you know um there um, there aren't many bands that are financially literate i mean i i i can't say a name but um like there's i was a point maybe three years ago and i had to i had to lend somebody some money to do the landscaping in his garden 
and like I was like you guys you guys were at like number five in the charts like this year and then I was like yeah got no money you know um, and I think this is a, a common thing within the music industry like especially with big artists there are the way that the the music industry is structured structured altogether is I am very against it. Like, if you go back to the 70s or the 80s, you had the artist and you had the manager. Now, somewhere, somewhere along the line, the manager has said, okay, now we need an agent. And then the manager said, now we need a PR person. Now we need a marketing person. And the manager has diluted their job over two or three decades. And that new job that's created it just takes more finances away from the artist and the talent to the point where I can hand on heart say now that uh, most of the artists in the music industry are not getting what they're worth, not even close. Um, but but all of these other people, all of these other people are always getting paid. No, and the reason I wanted to bring up this topic too is because it seems that, and I've read a lot of stories, you know, I don't want to mention any names, but there's a lot of stories where, you know, artists who are people their whole lives are managed by you know corporations label records all these things and they honestly have no idea how much money they don't they do or don't have whereas bringing it back to frosting social yeah and so bringing it back to frosting social we've created its own ecosystem where you know uh, if you look at a traditional savings account in the u.s anyways the APR, APY on, on a traditional savings account in the United States is 0.02%, you know, around that realm. And it, it, it would be so easy to create your crypto savings account within the fat wallet where you're, you're saving up money. Let's say you, you need a new amplifier, or you need a new microphone and, and you're, you're trying to, you know, save up for that. You could easily stake, you know, the earnings you've made off of our platform into one of our pools, our, our, our farms to earn money that way. And you've created a savings account with, I think it's at 120, 28% APR. We could literally be helping these artists save for the future of their their craft. That is incredible. That is, yeah, that's that's great. I'd just like to add something. Um, touch, touching on what you spoke about as far as the artists, they're you know they're spending all this money on PR and all these all these all these costs or expenses um, in order to promote themselves or market themselves as a, as a band. Um, this is something that's actually, you know, again, this is quite typical of a lot of different industries. And, uh, and I point to social media into the app stores, for example, like the app stores right now, it's a, it's a hot topic. And there's a court case with Epic Games and Apple because, you know, Apple charges 30%. If you want to do financial transactions on their platform, they force you to use their, 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 their provider. They force you to use their payment system and they force you to pay 30%, right? I mean, you're you're the, the the business or the content creator creating that that material in the first place. Yet you're you're being taxed a huge amount of money for that. And then on the flip side, on YouTube, I mean, a lot of content creators they go through tons of time of, in production and and cost trying to put together these videos. And when they get them up on YouTube, you know, YouTube is only paying them if if they're monetized, they're only paying them like fifteen percent, I think, or it's it's. Google and YouTube make the lion's share of the profit, right? Whereas the content creator basically is just left with crumbs. 
Um, and that's kind of typical in, in, in kind of the space as a whole, right? When you make, when you, when you create content, yes, you're getting paid if you're, if you meet the certain, you meet the credit, the, the threshold, but the money that you're being paid is far less than it should be for the value that you're adding to that network or to that, to that site. Um, so, you know, with frosting, I mean, we, we really want to, we really want to combat that. Right. And, and make it as easy and cheap as possible for people to, to use social media and promote themselves on social media. Right. While making 100 percent of, of, of what they charge. You know, it's your business. You determine what your costs are. And that's it. Exactly. And actually, uh, just to reiterate for a second here, I just checked our farms. And I, I was incorrect. It's not 128%. It's 166%. So if we're, yeah, in our vaults. So, I mean, if, if we're able to take out all these third-party profiteers, right, who are just there to steal money from the content creators and all these other platforms, we are literally giving a, a social media stage for these upcoming artists to not only promote themselves, but also learn about finance. So when the record companies don't want anything to do with them anymore, when they've been dropped by labels, they're not just left there to fend for themselves. They've actually learned about finance and they have a savings account that produces an astronomical APR, APY. And if you were to talk to uh, you know a lot of my friends who are in bands, if I talk to them about cryptocurrency, they have no idea what I'm talking about. You know, they're just, you know, putting money in a sock drawer, saving up for their new amplifier or their new, you know, whatever they need for their band. But if we're able to help these people also be, you know, gain financial freedom to further their, their craft career, like that's what this is about. I agree. So with all that being said, Danny, I mean, is this something you would encourage the people you interact with to help them, you know, be more self-reliant, self-sufficient, so they're not leaning on these vultures of record labels and agents and things like that, so they can have more freedom in their lives to dictate the direction of their band? Is this something that you're, you're, you'd be interested in talking about to the people you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis? Absolutely, 100%. It's not even just about the finances. The finances are a huge part of it, but it's about the control as well. You know, I know people that have, you know, th there is one band that I really can't name, but they're a huge band here in the UK. And like, if they split up, none of them get any money. Like it all, it's like it all gets put back into the business which they set up, which is insane. It is about control. Like artists need control and like, in this modern climate, or over the last couple of decades, like, everybody, I mean, look at how many reality TV shows there are. Everybody wants the fame. Everybody wants to go on The X Factor, or America's Got Talent, or Britain's Got Talent, or Pop Idol, or whatever. They just want to be able to sing, but they have no access to fan base, and they have no control. So then they go on these reality TV shows, and then just they just end up singing other people's songs, and then they have no control over their musical life or their personal life. And I think with Frosting Social, 
if if the if the formula is correct, then it could do huge things for the music industry. Not even just the music industry. We're talking about all creatives. We could talk about artists, um, street artists. We could talk about actors, actresses. You know, it could be a huge thing if it's done correct. Which which even brought. I remember reading this, and I could totally be incorrect. To go on Britain's Got Talent or American Idol or any of that stuff. I believe there's a clause in that contract as well that states if you get famous, we get X amount of your revenue of that fame yeah. for the next five years. Yes, it's five years. It's a five year contract. Yeah. Even if you're a runner up, which let's be honest, some of the, the last like some of the runner ups are now bigger than the actual winners. I mean, look at One Direction, for example. Um, they were bigger than the winners uh, of, of the show. Um, like. So yeah, they know what they're doing. This is like it's 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 Simon Cowell. It's 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 his company. You know, it's Psycho. Like they know what they're doing, and they know that the show gives people a platform. And it's like yeah, even if you even if you only even if you don't make it into the final, and you still go on to do something, that's not yours for five years. You know, they can still take they can still take that, and that's that's something else for for someone like me who's grown up in the music industry and has worked pretty much every job in the music industry that is something crazy for me to to witness like people who literally get five minutes of fame and then get five years of fame taken away from them it's insane that's that's predatory and that, that's predatory against the people that we're talking about right um so that that all that tells you yeah. is that these these big music artists these big or these big music companies they know what we know Right, they know there's more talent at the bottom than there is at the top, and they know that putting together these these yeah. these talent shows, right, that they've got an infinite amount of content that they can keep generating year after year after year after year, and the the audience will keep tuning in no matter what because it's something that we all want to see. We all like to watch talented people perform, right? So, and they're banking off of that because they're stealing from these creators. So even if they don't win. And they get they take no money home, you know. They're the the Simon Cowell's or the music industry is still, still immensely benefiting and profiting from from that, right? So they found a model to exploit the very artists that we're talking about, the, the talented people at the bar. Exactly, one hundred percent. And I mean, and, and it's it's through look through history. If you look at Britney Spears, what happened with her and, and her own father? Exactly. If you look at, yeah. If you look at Don King and Mike Tyson, I, I, I read a story or I watched a story about how Mike Tyson was getting charged 20 grand for towels by Don King. And, and it's ridiculous. So if we can stop, yeah, it's it's crazy. So, if, you know, and so if we can produce this platform, or as, or as you said, if the formula is right, which, you know, talking with gilded with jay and myself we're doing everything we can to make sure that any artist who comes on our platform whether big or small or whatever they're given the tools to not only gain financial freedom to be able to break the algorithm to be able to be who they want to be because again this is kind of shifting to another topic but now let's say an artist has signed up to a record label. This record label is now telling them, oh, this isn't hot. This isn't sexy, as they would call it. This isn't in. We need to change your image. We need to change what you write about, what you talk about. This is what's going to sell. So you have to write for five years when you're under contract, only this type of music, and you have to dress this type of way. 
Have you experienced any of that stuff as well, Danny, with with any of your oh, friends? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, like, when you said that, I immediately thought of, of a band. So the band um, the band that I mentioned earlier, Don Don Brocco, they uh, they were on one of Sony's labels. And it was, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Brit Awards. They, they, they was at the Brit Awards party a few years ago, about five years ago. And previously, they was working, they was working on a second album. And they were told by their label to make an album that sounded like the killers and they basically just just like was wasn't having any of it and uh, i think they got pretty drunk and ended up shouting at the guys at sony um and then just decided to scrap the album and make make a whole new album but like yeah it happens all the time and like it's not even just the molding of of bands because like you know it's the kind of thing that we i used to see on a tv as a kid and be like oh yeah it's not really like that and then like i grew up like witnessing exactly that happening but it's not even just the creative side i mean let's talk about let's talk about like people musical artists that are you know i mean look at how many musical artists have committed suicide or overdosed there is a lot and you know if like for example like lil peep like he has wrote songs that, if you listen to the lyrics, they were absolute cries for help. But the label, the, so you're telling me that somebody at the label listened to this song and instead of asking him, asking him how he was, just was like, oh, this sounds pretty good, let's put it out. That's insane. Like, with, we need to get rid, on a, on a bigger scale, we need to get rid of these kind of people. As you said, it's predatory. We need to get rid of these kind of people that are making these kind of decisions and like disregarding people's, you know, they're, they're essentially their cash cows, like disregarding their mental well-being to the point where they're literally dying. So, you know, we need to get rid of those people and we need to change change um you know the balance within the music industry like i was at, i was at the brit awards myself just before the lockdown and an artist came up to me and said it's funny how nobody who's in charge of the money in the music industry can play an instrument and it's the truest thing i've ever heard it's <laughs> so funny and, and i really appreciate you bringing up that topic too i no one really knows a lot about me and, and so i'm actually an interventionist in my daytime so i deal a lot with mental health and substance okay. abuse and, and that's what I do, and which is why I, I'm okay. really excited to be a part of this project because I've had so many friends die of substance abuse, depression. And if there's anything that I can lend my expertise to when, you know, I, I would love it. And this is why we, we've made this so accessible to everyone. Let's say frosting's up and running and everything's going great, you know, and, and there's we have a same situation as Little Peep or any of that where you can obviously tell that there are some mental health issues going on somewhere in someone's recording or something. We want to make it to where someone can reach out or, or we could reach out to these creators and just say, Hey man, I just want to check in. Is everything okay? And cause it's obviously, and you saw it with Robin Williams and so many other people where sometimes the most depressed people wear the biggest smiles. And, and, and when you Absolutely. put money, involved, yeah. If you, when you put money involved with these big record labels, no one cares. As you just said, like, oh, you could obviously hear pain in this song and cries for help, but someone was just like, oh man, this 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 song, this album's gonna make billions of dollars. Exactly that. Well, I think, I mean, does anyone have any other questions, comments, concerns, sarcastic remarks? I think we've covered a lot of amazing things here. And hopefully, Danny, I, I would, you know, I love the UK and hopefully when the world kind of settles down a bit. 
I personally, and I know everyone here at the frosting and fat cake team would love to come out, shake your hand personally. Uh, does anyone else have anything they, they think that this conversation needs? No, I mean, I think this is kind of a good cap. Um, we definitely covered a good range of topics in the first episode. So, um, I, I, you know, thank you, Danny. You provided some great insight into the music industry and to the you know, social media side of things with the music industry. No, and especially I, I'm just super grateful because you've also given us a lot to think about in ways that we can improve on what we've already been putting into Frosting Social itself. So we're, we're definitely have some, we definitely have our workout uh, cut out for us in order to ensure that we make this thing as safe but as explosive as possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think from from the sound of it, the the formula is is on is set in the right direction. Um, and yeah, I'd love to to do more stuff with you guys like you know anything really um and even if it's just coming and doing more more stuff on this podcast i'm i'm totally here for it it's been great all right jay any parting words of wisdom on your end i think we covered i think we covered a lot of very important topics today um i definitely see some some things that we need to focus on um in terms of catering to the people who are actually using it um, or using our platform and everything that we're doing is is designed specifically to help the user have a better experience and a better life overall um, even down to the mental health aspect and we can touch a little bit more on that at a later date but we have certain specific functions in the application that are going to cater to and the everyday person everybody has issues that they deal with everybody has a bad day and if just down to allowing the user to turn off the ability to comment and it be directed to a, a journal if you would say um, so that they can at a later date review um, and look back and see the things that they were commenting that they they didn't necessarily mean to do or want to do at the time um, once it goes on the internet it's out there forever and if we can allow just that little bit of leeway um, in terms of posting or commenting or liking um, just to give that little bit of uh, assurance or comfort um, to everyone behind behind the screen, uh, I mean, cyberbullying yeah, I is mean, a huge is a huge thing right now. Go ahead. Yeah, I, well, I'm just gonna say, just gonna add, like, you're absolutely right. I mean, the the, the big thing is, is I mean, I can to put it in context for everybody. You know, how many times have you been angry or wrote a responsive to somebody either in a message or in a comment, and you wrote out a whole paragraph or more, and then just end up deleting it because you decide, you know, that that's too far or that's too whatever. Um, you know, this gives you the ability to vent that frustration and, and be able to review it, you know, when you have a, when you have a cooler head, right? Like sober second thought kind of a deal. Incredible. I love it. And that's just the, the, the start. And we have so much more that we're going to be talking about in frosting social and with fat cake and with just 
everything as a whole. So if please stay tuned, like, subscribe, whatever you need to do to stay up to date on the Fat Chat Radio. Danny, Gilded, Jay, thank you guys so much. This was an amazing conversation. And I'm so excited to see what comes next. I know everybody else listening is as well. And thank you for tuning in to Fat Chat Radio. For all my crypto enthusiasts and content creators out there, we got a little present for you. Fat Cake Token. Fat Cake Token is a reward utility token that pays its holders in 10% cake rewards. But as we all know, a rewards token with no utility relies solely on new investors in order to maintain volume for its rewards. So, in actuality, a rewards token without utility eventually dies and is worthless. You all wanted utility? Well, we got it. Utility driven by many different outside sources to increase the token volume to make sure that it's not just solely driven by the allocation of new investors. We have farms, pools, cake lotteries, and a lot more coming soon. Things like our own on-ramp, stablecoin, and even a debit card that will allow you to use your cake rewards generated from holding fat cake token for everyday purchases. And if that wasn't enough, the ecosystem that we are describing is all going to be fully integrated into our very own community-owned decentralized social media platform, Frosting Social. Frosting Social gives content creators full control over their channels. They will even be able to monetize their accounts by receiving donations and subscription fees, allow ad space on their page for sponsors. They're choosing to further monetize their account. And the best part is content creators keep 100% of their profits. Yes, you heard me correct. 100% of the content creators profits go right back to the content creators. So profits generated from the content creators go back to the content creators and profits. But profits generated by the platform, ads, services, and etc., will help increase the volume that goes through Fatcake Token to further the rewards of its holders. So stream your favorite video game, talk about your fashion sense, teach people how to stay in shape, showcase your musical abilities, share recipes, but most of all, have fun and earn money by doing the things that you love. Our algorithm is designed to help the small artists and content creators become tomorrow's influencers. We give content creators the tools to start earning a passive income right out of the gate with no minimum following requirement to start earning, as well as having a host of educational tools. We give everyone the ability to become financially literate and self-supporting, where you can literally turn your social media experience into a full-time business. So let's sum up, buy Fat Cake Token, engage with our products and services, and own a part of Frosting Social. Earn a passive income just by holding Fat Cake Token, where the rewards aren't just dictated by how much volume is generated by the token, but also by the amount of volume generated by all the different lines of utility. Compound your rewards in our farms, accept subscription fees and donations through our social media platform, put your earnings in your pocket, or compound it again for even more rewards. Stay in touch with friends, family, and your favorite content creators. Start making your social media and your money work for you. Fat Cake Token, putting the frosting on top of your social life.